Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome to another special preview bonus episode of Brave New Teaching Happy Hour. Everybody take a moment. We would like to say cheers. Cheers. Clink. And if you're driving, just be careful because this is a preview episode of our upcoming happy hour for members only. We are so excited to welcome our brave new teaching community into just some extra time spent together. And so we wanted to provide a couple of like previews so you can see what this is going to be like. Amanda, tell our fun friends what happy hour is going to be. Oh, happy hour is going to be happiness, right? All of us together, extra BNT, extra support, extra resources. And the way that we figure the hour is that we're giving you 15 minutes per week. So it's going to average out to about an hour a month. We have grouped our monthly happy hour experiences by topic. So to let you know about in January, January, we're going to focus on evidence trackers. We're going to look at a free resource we've got for you. We're going to do some episodes that break down how to use them, how to build them, technology. We're also going to have episodes in happy hour that extend from episodes during the month. So they're going to be extensions of the content. And then also we're going to have episodes that are listener Q&A. And sometimes the Q&A will be related to the resource. Other times it'll just be open Q&A, kind of depending. And that's what we wanted to do today was give you a taste of a listener Q&A 
happy hour episode. And so that's what we're here to share with you were your questions that you had to ask us all about fun things in the classroom. When we talked in our previous episode about transformations, we talked about makerspace, playing games. We said to you, what questions do you have about all of these things? And you asked them and now we shall answer them. Yes. Before we get into those questions, because we really just, for this happy hour, quick little bonus preview, we boiled it down to like three major question areas that we can address. But before we get there, we need to cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching Happy Hour, your extra helping of the Brave New Teaching Podcast. We're here to be the teacher group chat that supports you both during the school day and after school gets out. We are the coworkers you can't sit next to or make eye contact with during a staff meeting and who you have lingering conversations with on the way out to the parking lot. We're glad you're here. So cheers and enjoy the show. Okay, friends, now that we all have our uh, drink of choice refreshed, I'm having a very cold ice water because that's just how I'm feeling today. Amanda, what are you having for this happy hour? I'm still sipping on cold coffee, but it's good. Yeah, they are. It, it's, it's okay. It's it's a day like that, but it's 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 kind of just lopsided, but the coffee is helping and I'm I'm very happy with it. Her hot coffee has turned into a cold brew. Like she's at that or an iced coffee, really. That's like she's at, at that yeah. stage of the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the, I can't quite have my iced coffee for the afternoon yet. So I'm just going to keep slowly sipping my water until I feel like I can have another cup of coffee. That's where I'm at right now. So cheers, friends. Welcome. Let's talk about questions revolving around fun in the classroom. And if you missed episode 129, where we talked about all the things that Amanda listed in the intro, head there. This is questions directly related to the content that we talked about in that episode. But yeah, it's a listener Q&A, little preview of our happy hour. Let's go for it. The first question, actually, the first question has to do with like money and where do you get the stuff for these sorts of things. We're going to get to that one in a second. The second most common question we got was all about grading. Oh, yes. I know. And we, I think we say, oh, and we like roll our eyes because the whole episode was about like fun. fun. <laughs> and, and at the same time, I'm the first one to be like, and we also do a written rationale. And we also p- to turn in an exit ticket. And we also, right, because I feel the pressure within myself to make sure that it's legitimate, whatever I'm doing. If I'm spending an entire class period and my class periods are 88 minutes because I'm on a quarter system, 88 minutes, five times a week. If I'm going to take a fifth of my week and give it to something that's fun, it better be really worth it. It better be diagnostic information for me. That is the reality of it all. So like when I am doing something, that's one of, like I talked about at the very end of the episode, books giving the work and the product that students turn in happens on the prep end of that activity. It's the character bio. It's the getting into character and like the critical thinking piece that then they're turning into me. And I'm grading that and giving it some sort of an assessment of something, depending on what I'm looking for. And students are using that on the fun activity. Like maybe it's ahead of time. Maybe it's a reflection after. What do you normally do? Yeah, almost exactly that. And I think this will be a good time to put ourselves on the spot a little bit here. Since it is it is happy hour, we're going to be real real honest. I mean, hey, I don't play know. Play fast and loose. Fast and loose. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> um, I do want to bring up kind of a, a tricky subject for a lot of us kind of 
philosophically, which is participation. I think when it comes to fun, fun things, classroom transformations, games, there has been a tendency in the past, in my past, to feel the need to attach a participation grade to these experiences to, quote, hold students accountable for participating in the experience. And I can just say, I'll say from my point of view that my thinking around that has shifted drastically. I try very hard to steer away from participation grades because one, if you have it there just to give it to everyone, then why do you have it there? What's the point? What's the point? And then secondly, (laughs) sometimes these experiences in particular can be very difficult for certain students to to immerse themselves in this oddball social experience can be very like uniquely different for some kids and and others. And to, to then put a participation pressure on that, I think either encourages fake or kind of BS participation or just kind of alienates those kids even further or punishes them for being not in the mood to do the thing. And like, what's the problem? Like, you know, I I feel like for me, I was like, Oh, well, you hurt my feelings. I did all these things to be fun. And like, but that's like, not the point. Like your kids are the point. Then it makes it about you. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I've definitely gotten myself into hot water with in that regard is I have kids that say, well, how many times do I have to participate? Uh Well, how many questions do I have to answer? And then after their token four, they are out and they are poisoning the well for everybody. So like, I think it's the idea of participation itself is such a nebulous term because what looks what participation looks like for you at your level might be different for me at my level on any given day. So I like to reframe that idea with engagement. Yeah. Because maybe that child that day just needs to listen. Or maybe they're me and they should just be listening because they dominate conversation <laughs> and then no one else gets to participate. You know? Well, but I think that ties us back into where you started was this written reflection, right? So a reflection can be on your own participation. It can be on what you observed others doing. And I think that that's a very fair way to ask students to engage. Okay, let's hear our second question. Go ahead, Amanda. So there were a couple of them, but they all really kind of swirled around this idea of how do I pay for the supplies? Where do I get the supplies? How much of my own money should I be spending? Should I not be spending my own money? So they were kind of like money supply questions that we lumped into this category here. So I mean, I can take my my first response. You know, I talked about this a little bit in the episode and um, we linked in those show notes to um, what I had discussed in our original makerspace conversation. So if your fun activity is a makerspace activity, I would say in that regard, you don't have to spend any money. I mean, part of the joy of a makerspace is the idea of upcycling. So it's mm-hmm. more like it's kind of like how you stack your classroom library, right? Like you send out the bat signal to people who are in your life that would be donating books or people in your life after the holidays who might have leftover, you know, wrapping paper tubes and cardboard boxes and like the things that you need, collect them seasonally. You can invest your money. Like there are things I think that are investments that keep on giving, you know, like a handful of hot glue guns, things right. that 
maybe even like the cart or the storage solution for whatever your either your modular or permanent space is going to be. And then if you're actually thinking about like transformation money, it's a little bit of a different story, but I, I would still kind of ride that same answer of, I'm willing to spend my own money if it's something that I know will be a staple and usable year after year. So I think I kind of got caught in the loop of, I'm just going to grab stuff from the Dollar Tree. And I would do that. And then I would check out and I'd be like, well, that was $30. And then almost none of it is reusable. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. Well, and it all adds up too, because like $30 here and then another 10 at the dollar spot from Target. And then, oh, just $5 for this one little thing that I'm going to add to my Amazon cart. It does. It adds up. And then you're like, why did I spend so much money? And I have literally nothing to show for it because it was all consumables. Yes. I would say yes. In that same vein, we as secondary educators, I think forget. Okay. I will speak for myself. I forget just how much parents... And other stakeholders in a child's education can be asked for things. Like, you can ask for stuff. How do I know this? Because I have two elementary school kids. And we get asked for stuff all the time, right? And, like, the things that we're asking for in something like this is supplies. Sure, maybe ask for glue. Maybe, like, add these sorts of things to your beginning of the year, middle of the year teacher wish list around the holidays send out your wish list and it's all for the classroom it can be scissors it can be glue it can be uh, consumables like paper and that sort of thing and then also just like check out your art department and see if they've got like a whole bunch of stuff in one area that they could say yeah you know what take this off our hands the library often has things like outdated magazines i don't know if they have them so much anymore but like our library gets stuff like that donated or they've got discarded books that you could take and that could become a part of your makerspace. It's just kind of like a think outside the box. I've absolutely, like Amanda was saying, I've spent my own money, sure. And I've just gotten a little bit more savvy about Mm -hmm. that and a little bit more choosy about how and when I'm going to spend my own money on something. Storage solutions, great spend of your own money if that's something that you're able and willing to do the tools for the makerspace that are things that can be reused, like Amanda was saying, are a good thing to spend money on. But then the stuff that like kids are going to use and then discard, ask for donations. It's okay to ask for donations. It's okay to send an email to all of your students, parents, and guardians saying, send in your paper towel rolls, your, you know, like your uh, reams of paper and all of that. And they'll, they will. They'll send it all in. You ask like a couple times a year, you get a whole big bank of stuff, better make sure you have somewhere to store it. And that just goes back to, you know, what we talked about in the episode, which was intentionality in all of these things, right? You know, I think, you know, for me, one of the things that we did with my makerspace, my Gatsby tone bottle situation, part of the allure of that activity was everyone brought in their own bottle. They got to choose, you know, were you a... Fuji water person? Were you a Voss water bottle person? Were you (sighs) rifling through the recycling in another person's classroom kind of person? I mean, that was also a thing to consider is like, maybe the project can be directed or oriented in a way that students are bringing in some kind of item of their own that serves Mm -hmm. as the beginning of that project. So I mean, yes, I'm with Marie, I think we're on the same page for sure. But that's, that's a concern. I think that I, I one of the things I've spent my money on that I loved over the years have been 
for transformations anyway, costume pieces. I feel like little talking point, like I had, you know, like a head boa situation for my roaring twenties kind of thing that was like always made an appearance for my Gatsby party kind of thing. And those things that are, I don't know, those were always fun because they really did the work of sparking conversation and kind of getting that excitement going. And that was always worth it for me. Well, yeah, again, it's one of those things. Are you able to spend that kind of money? Not just would it be great if you could, but like, really, is that something that's doable in your situation? And are you willing to spend that because it's got a good return on your investment for yourself? If it brings you joy, like all of the things, basically, this is all, again, you have license to do so. Do what's right for you and what makes sense and what is actually doable. Yes. I love ROI. And ask for stuff. Ask for stuff. I was, I am always still fighting myself saying, why am I not asking for this? Like I need to ask for help. Okay. Real quick. Let's get to our third question so that we make sure we can get everybody out the door on this little happy hour preview. So the third, again, category of questions all had to do with something around timing. So some people were asking about the pacing, like should a classroom transformation take more than a class period, half a class period, or minutes, depending on your block or uh, schedule. People were asking about how often these kinds of activities, the fun things yeah. should be happening. So Marie, what's your take on time, timing, and pacing on all of that? So I would say on like how long to take, right? I'll take that one off first. If I'm going back to my murder mystery party, that is an entire class period. It is generally, I'll do it on our short days. We've got late start every Wednesday. So that's about 70 minutes. It's a 70 minute class period where they're coming in. They're doing the whole entire activity. They're doing a small writing thing where they're accusing someone that and like backing it up with evidence from around the room. And then we are watching the first 20 to 25 minutes of the first act of the film Hamlet. So like, Spend a whole class period because that also has a lot of academic stuff in it. If you've got stations, yeah, take the whole entire class period. If you are if you have something that you think is setting you up for something to call back to many times, that, again, talk about return on investment. That's a great investment of your time. I say use an entire class period. Don't use two days on a quote-unquote fun activity unless it's leading to something more. Mine was going to be almost the same, but I'm thinking about pacing and momentum. You know, I think yes, whenever I've had things carry over into the next day has royally sucked because it just goes, <laughs> that is the academic term for it. I think yes. Yes. Um, because the momentum has died and the energy is, it should have stayed on the day that it was happening. Um, Oh, sorry, guys. I just totally bumped my microphone because I was talking with my hands. I just got so excited. Brought you in my lap. Um, But I think that that's something to consider is adjust your timing. So even, and and for me, that also means I want to have time for that reflection piece. We were just talking about grading. I want that reflection piece to at least start in that period. If they're going to come in the next day and reflect on yesterday, you might as well have not even had yesterday because they well, don't you remember. May well, you may as well not do the reflection, right? You need it fresh. Yes. And that's, again, that's that like return. I mean, is that something that's going to be valuable? Like pay attention to that pacing. Absolutely. If this is, maybe this is an activity, like there's a unit where we talk about human nature and I use Lord of the Flies and we do games regularly throughout the whole entire unit. And it's a whole like, what's the island one? Survivor? Survivor. Oh, gosh. My brain is having a rough go of it today. It's a whole survivor thing where, like, you know, last team standing wins a bunch of smiles. 
And so those are like, I'll carve out 10 minutes because they're minute to win it games that they're playing in their teams. And we will do this two times a week, maybe three times a week, just depending. But it also keeps the pacing going because all of the games have to do with the chapters that we're looking at and they all coincide. So it's just kind of a, it's always a good idea to zoom out and look at what is my goal? What is it that I'm trying to achieve here? Is it excitement? Great. Then it can be a flash in the pan activity. Is it excitement, intrigue, and setup? Okay, maybe it's a whole entire class period. Is it something that I'm going to need to drip out along the way? Great. Then make sure that those little drips are short enough that it will keep the momentum going and your pacing doesn't get all like thrown off by... The, you know, the Oreo cookie challenge. I like I love it. it. Face the have, cookies. Yes, yes. There's like where they're like making food, you know, and, and they eat too much fruit and then they all get the runs in Lord of the Flies. Sorry, not the kids in I my classroom. Like, Oreos typically don't give me the runs, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's a San Diego thing. There's a whole game that like, I think it's chapter two. I don't know. One of the chapters is called Huts on the Beach and everybody gets in my classroom a deck of cards and they have to build like with a running clock as many freestanding card structures as they can on their table. And then I go around shaking the ground, like stomping really hard. It's fun. And it gets the energy up for the class period and then we go and then that's it. Like, yes. So it's just one more reason to have the big picture in mind. It's yep, one more always. reason that we keep harping <laughs> on this idea of being able to have the big picture that eagle eye over your whole unit, because that is when I've always run into trouble is when I'm planning day to day to day to day to day, you get stuck not being able mm-hmm. to see the forest through the trees. So we are so excited that you all have joined us for our second bonus happy hour preview. Thank you for being here. Even with extra, I feel like we could still keep going on and on. So you know, I think we've already gone over on our little happy hour time limit. So is, we are going is. to have to sign off. As always, we so appreciate you being here. Thank you for joining us for this bonus episode. Like Amanda said, we hope you're having a great week and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Brave New Teaching Happy Hour. Happy Hour members, make sure to download this month's free resource through the link in your show notes. And while you're there, submit a question or comment for an upcoming episode. Have a great week at school. 